0: And whether you are a senior living provider, whether you are, you know, a great marketing company offering services out into the industry, or you're a tech company looking to come in and, you know, provide a great product, whatever it is, we have to really follow the consumer journey, and that's what we should, we should be really coaching and training to.
1: Welcome to the Canopy IQ Podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Jennifer Dixon founder of JD Solutions Group. Hello, Jennifer, and happy Friday.
0: Well, hey, Adam, thank you for having me. Happy Friday, indeed.
1: Yeah, it's our (laughs) pleasure, our pleasure. I wanted to start out by getting into the fundamentals, right? And Um, obviously, we'd love to set the stage by having you kind of elaborate on this first question and, and really talk about what you do, why you do it, and how you do it. But just to kind of like differentiate I wanted to kick things off by identifying what you would consider to be the most critical differences between, let's say, senior living sales coaching and coaching in other verticals. Certainly, there's going to be some similarities, but absolutely not a one size fits all equation.
0: First of all, thank you for, you know, being, I think, using your platform to talk about some of these really important topics, because in senior living right now, we are talking and looking a lot at performance. And I think historically, like when you think about sales coaching, it's all about performance. And you can see that um, across different verticals, Um, but coaching in itself is, is pretty broad. And what we've seen in our organization when it comes to senior living and coaching and training and consulting is that we are now looking at this through a very broad lens and through the consumer journey lens, so that's that's where I feel like that's where we have so much opportunity. And whether you are a senior living provider, whether you are you know a great marketing company offering services out into the industry, or you're a tech company looking to come in and you know provide a great product, whatever it is, we have to really follow the consumer journey, and that's what we should be really coaching and training to.
1: So, I've got a ton of admiration for entrepreneurs and business owners, people who decided to take their own path, whether there was a fork in the road on their career path or just someone who had a vision uh, and wanted to try something different. I, I think, honestly, you're some of the gutsiest people in the business world. So, I wanted to congratulate you on JD Solutions Group steady growth. You have grown not just as a company, you've got new folks that have joined. But let's let's sort of jump into this idea of what the founder's journey is and what motivated you to get out in the world and do your own thing.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you two stories. They're they're quick ones and they're they're both going to be equal and true. Um, the one story is the professional story of I had 16 years of experience in senior living, sales, marketing operations. I had consulting experience. I had operations experience. And I knew that I wanted to impact how we serve seniors and how we attract them and help them learn about that. And, and I felt that that was really our sweet spot, that we could really impact the sales, marketing, and revenue performance, um, very simply. Um, and I love doing it. That's the professional story. The, the personal story, um, which I think is a part of any founder's story, is that I had found myself um, growing tremendously in my career professionally. And every step that I grew professionally, I grew more disconnected from the personal and from my family. And I, I wanted to make a change. I wanted to do the things that I loved professionally. I wanted to bring value. Um, I wanted to innovate. Um, and I wanted to prioritize my family uh, and, and so I thought, can I build an organization that not only allows me to do that, but allows the people who come to work with me to do that um, and really helps create and, and empower operators to bring that kind of culture to their employees? So it's, Adam, I'll tell you, it's, it's personal and professional when you you know, think about, um, I think, any entrepreneur, any founder's story.
1: So we're heading into an election year. And unless you've been living under the proverbial rock, you're going to see that our news feeds, our social channels, all these different sources of information are full of anxiety producing content. You know, it's like that saying in media, if it bleeds, it leads. And compound that with, you know, these ongoing concerns about the economy, whether they're inflation and this sort of potential recession that never seems to happen but it's like literally always around the corner. So there's just yeah. a lot of anxiety and you know I think there's as we as we know there's a, an incentive to do that on the media side. Um people will click in, you know, and click on and and focus on things that are negative the things that cause concern it's like how our limbic brain is wired right we gravitate towards things that that are concerning um that's just that's just humanity adding to that you've got this sort of sense of uh, anxiety about jobs you know turnover and burnout are a huge part of life i talk to people every week who are concerned about layoffs they may see it in the news and so forth so whether it's you know, these concerns are valid or not. And obviously there's always going to be some level of anxiety about people's job, their job safety and the economy. I think this is making everyone's job tougher, ours included. And you speak to this concept of selling during uncertainty, which really resonated with me. Can you speak to that at length?
0: Right. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be happy to, I think that, you know, all the things that you just described, right. That, that, perfect storm, it is good to look in and see, you know, again, like, so our, our consumers, our our clients are adult children who are, you know, trying to help their parents, our consumers are the prospective residents themselves. Um, so you have a lot of different um, audiences. And so when, when we talk about uncertainty and how to sell um, you know, during those uncertain times, I think we really have to meet people where they are. So we have to be aware of like, yes, there can be a media influx, whether it's good press, bad press, what's going on with the economy. But I find, despite whatever the news headline might be of the moment, when you really zoom in to this community, on this street, in this town, and I look at what is happening there, and what are the unique factors in that market? That's going to vary greatly from coast to coast in the United States. So, I'm not I'm not a fan of catastrophizing, and I, I think that um, if I said that word right, I probably just made that up, Adam. So no,
1: um, you, you that's got a, it right. That's it a said. good one
0: you got to leave that in if I just made up a word. So, um, <laughs> but really, I mean, look at senior living. This is, whether you are an investor, an operator, or somebody working in these communities, this is the most resilient group of people who have navigated through incredibly difficult times and are still navigating through it now and coming out and seeing all of these opportunities. So that's what I see. I, I do see we're at a crossroads too of, best practices don't equal past practices, not always. And I think that's where we have to be really particular, whether it's your sales strategy, your marketing strategy, your operational strategy, there are some tried and true things that have worked that we need to double down on. And we also have to move away from the mindset that just because this worked for the last 10 years, it doesn't mean that it's gonna work in, in today and tomorrow's environment.
1: So speaking about strategy, Let's get into this concept of risk versus reward and risk tolerance. These are consistent themes in senior living sales. You know, yeah. how can the industry, which is under huge pressure? I mean, sales folks, as you just pointed out, they're under pressure across the board. Any vertical that you're working in, whether it's sales or, or operations or what have you, marketing, for example, you know, there's a, a constant need to obviously grow the bottom line, keep our customers happy and so forth. That's a lot of sort of plates in the air uh, to balance, if you will. So how can the industry balance a performance growth mindset, which which is critical and certainly something that I value and, and I try to incorporate in my life as well, but that also takes into account the fact that salespeople are human after all. Because I mean, speaking for myself, I think there were years literally that I barely saw my young children when they were four or five, six. And I, you know, I prided myself in sort of being the first guy in the office and the last guy out. And, you know, I'm the guy who keeps the lights on, but I look back on that and it's like, was that the right mindset? Right? So how do you balance these things? And I, and I ask you as somebody who's not just a company founder, but a very high performer who's got a company that is on a growth trajectory, but also has a family.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another big question. My gosh, so uh, where where to begin with that one? So here's here's what I would say as it relates to to risk tolerance. Um, again, I think that there are there are opportunities for us in sales and marketing for for us to be able to do a really good job and a better job. Um, in terms of how we speak to our prospective consumers. And so the risk tolerance that, that I look at or the risk factor, your tolerance to taking a risk is when sales and marketing are just like, they're they are hand in hand, side by side, their strategies should be built together. But most times in senior living, they are not. They're very siloed and they're separate. And so where we have real opportunity to take some risk is to look at how do we differentiate ourselves when you're a senior living operator? How do you speak to what families and consumers need right now? Like, are we speaking their language? And that doesn't sound like risk tolerance, but for a lot of operators and for a lot of marketing teams, like, if you line up a lot of senior living companies, they're all saying the same thing. This is our brand, this is our mission, this is our vision. We're like a family here. Everybody says the same things. And so I think where the risk comes in is, are we going to look into what the questions and concerns of our audience is? What are they asking? What do they wanna know? Can we anticipate their pain points? And can we then create content around that? So, so the content should be based around our consumers and prospective families versus around us. That doesn't sound very risky, but yet we're not doing it as an industry. And I shouldn't say we're not doing it. There are some amazing companies that are doing it, but across the board, are we doing it? And are we linking that into our sales messaging? No way. Right. Um, so that's, I, I see that as, um, you know, whatever risk there might be, there's huge reward.
1: On that note, um, I want to say, I really enjoy your LinkedIn content. You balance copy with visuals really well. You're very nimble at that. And your messaging is always so punchy. So I wanted to quote from something that you posted (laughs) recently. And It's true. And you know, like the LinkedIn game is, how do you keep it short and sweet? Or do you kind of write, you know, with your heart on your sleeve? I haven't figured out that mix yet, but Um, I'm I'm certainly still trying. So you say, we are so overdue for a change here. He says, bye-bye blitzes. Yes, people are still doing this. And you talk about collateral drops not being a strategy. No matter how nice your marketing might be, fragmented approaches are inconsistent and don't work. Resident outcomes matter. Messaging matters. Customer experience matters. And you close out by saying, referral partners are our customers too they should have a consumer journey just like our prospects so on point
0: <laughs> i was in a punchy mood adam what can i say you nailed it 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 happens So this came from, um, we were running a masterclass series for regional operators and and regional sales managers in senior living, and we wanted to really focus the content for our third course on business development. And as um, Kelly Kulick, she's our vice president of coaching and training, we were brainstorming about this masterclass, and we were both like, we are just so tired of the same old, same old. Um, that we know doesn't necessarily work and and how could we bring great content to our masterclass? And so, so that's where it came from, but it was also just this idea of the landscape of where senior living fits in the post-acute healthcare, just general community landscape. Like we haven't looked at that through a very sophisticated lens. It's like, who can refer to us? Who can send a referral? Here's your A tier, your B tier, um, and, and how do you get them to to refer versus asking some more questions about, well, gosh, what is what is the journey like for a referral partner to go from someone who knows about senior living, someone who knows about your brand, to being an advocate for your brand, to being willing to make that referral? And what are the marketing strategies, content that we need to be able to have to really equip our teams to be able to do that kind of true business development. So, so yes, punchy, punchy LinkedIn posts, but it, it truly does come from the heart. Like let's stop doing, like let's stop dropping off brochures on people's doorsteps. Um, and let's, let's learn more about them.
1: Yeah. Hitting send and dropping, uh, you know, a bushel of collateral in yeah. mails is not going <laughs> to cut it anymore. On that point, you know, the landscape is changing. I'm turning fifty-eight in January, and I was having a conversation with my daughter a couple months ago, and she said, "Okay, Boomer," and I thought, "Oh man, am I am I, am I outmoded in my thinking? I I didn't think I was, I didn't realize I was." So I started thinking about what is it like to grow older in a time when we're such a youth-oriented culture, and so you know I started thinking to myself as quote unquote Boomer adjacent. When we spoke recently. You mentioned how senior living marketing is in this period of radical transformation. And that's based in part on market dynamics, as you just touched on, and the fact that a lot of younger people are joining the industry, it used to be sort of the domain of, you know, folks in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. But now you've got this mix of early boomers, you've got Gen Z and millennials, and it's something of a cultural gumbo, which I actually think is a great thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And let's, so let's, let's set the record straight here. So maybe for your daughter too, I feel like you're clearly Gen X, Adam, you know, I I don't, I don't know if if you want to go full, full boomer on that. Um,
1: (laughs) Maybe adjacent.
0: Right. I I like that boomer adjacent. So, okay. All right. Um, You heard it here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that um, we're at this, So it's an interesting, you know, crossroads, um, like you called it, you know, almost kind of like this, you know, gumbo, this mix, it's this generational intersection. And I had just, you know, as I was thinking about it, I was like, wow. So, um, you know, we for a long time have been, um, you know, marketing to and speaking to the silent generation, you know, the greatest generation. Now we're looking at the trends as, you know, boomers begin to look at their options for whether it's act. Adult independent living or senior living, and and then you look at those who are you know managing and running communities and operations and and marketing and sales, and and you have all generations here working together so it is um i think it's interesting to see i think it presents in sales and marketing so many opportunities Um, you know just the use of technology the use of social media channels and there's so much i think that when you look at millennials and what gen z has to offer and how that can be really infused into trying things differently and speaking to different audiences Again, it's I think it's a cool time where we have nothing but opportunity ahead. So and I remember in senior living. 10 years ago when everybody was like, you all are crazy for looking at Facebook. Who does Facebook? No one's on Facebook. And now we're like, duh, like, of course, Facebook is everything. Um, So we're seeing that now with some of the trends with TikTok and, you know, using Instagram and how we use Twitter. And not that those are, you know, not necessarily haven't been around for a while, but how our industry is using them.
1: Yeah, that's terrific. I actually had the uh, good fortune of uh, interviewing Tracy McCoy from Get fish slapped recently. She's a Facebook marketing expert. Does a lot of work on on all you know the different meta platforms, and she talked about how Facebook's inescapable. I mean, you just have to be on there, whether you know whether you're a marketer or an operator. I mean, that is where our demographic lives, myself included. I mean, I remember starting out on Facebook. My gosh, it must be like 2004, and I don't think there's a day that goes by that that I don't check it. I mean, as mm-hmm. You know, as a platform goes, it is it is one size fits all if you're, you know, in your 40s at least. Um, but I do find it to be valuable and I I actually appreciate what, you know, what they're doing, not just in the advertising space, but they do make content available in a way that's very tailored. I think they get a bum rap sometimes about, you know, some of the things that happen on the back end. But maybe that's for another Another conversation,
0: but it's a good, it's a good point. I mean, but so here's, here's what I'll throw into that is that with any marketing effort, whether you're trying a new social platform, you need the data, you need the strategy, you need the data to be able to quantify for the leadership in your company, to quantify for your investors and to work proactively on your business, whether it's lead generation, lead nurturing, revenue generation, you need the data, the metrics, and the KPIs so you know what's working and what's not. So it, right. it becomes right. less risky then when you know what you're measuring. Um, so, and I loved, by the way, I loved that um, that that podcast interview. I just listened to that this morning, so it was it was great.
1: No, oh, great. Yeah, she's she's pretty awesome. Um, bright lady and really focuses on always being on the cutting edge and on the cusp of new developments. And man, when you just think about what's happening in that space with now with generative AI and, and how yeah, you're able to sort dynamic ads and really the, you know, the AI engine is is creating tailored content based on your preferences and your needs. And I say, bring it on. I, I really love that stuff. I wanted to touch on something you brought up in the past. And I think it's actually something that you you bring up fairly regularly. And that is that quote, unquote, training the trainer is some of your favorite work. Can you elaborate on why that is? What, what gives you joy when you get to train the trainer? Because after all, it's sort of like one ninja training the other, you know, it's not for newbies necessarily. (laughs) That's when you're bringing out the special sauce, right? Uh,
0: Yeah, it's, it, it is admittedly one of my favorites. I, I have nothing but respect and empathy and, and sometimes sympathy for our regional field leaders, whatever your position title is that, you know, this, the, those positions go by many different names. But these are the people in the field who have to be both strategists and very tactical so they they have to be able to create and drive the strategy at a regional and community level and they have to teach and coach and train their executive directors and sales directors to do that and they are also a group of people who they're like messaging to everybody so they've got a message to upper management they've got a message to investors they've got a message to their sales team the executive directors their counterparts in clinical i mean my gosh this role is hit by so much. Um, so these are really talented people who have who are in high impact positions with in senior living, virtually no opportunity for ongoing training, coaching, and support. And um, and they need that, like for personal development, professional development. So yeah, it's clearly like I get really excited um, about it because this is a group of people who it's important for us to support and work side by side with because we get how hard um, the work is that they're doing.
1: So closing comments, I wanted you leave us with some parting words of wisdom. You know, it's summer 2023. Before you know it, it's going to be the new year. I know I'm that guy, but man, <laughs> just apply. So what would you say to someone who is both excited, but maybe concerned about where, you know, the coming year has taken us? What would you say to them? What parting knowledge would you, would you share to help them remain motivated and really think about you know how to best navigate what what may be some turbulent waters
0: yeah well i would say that i think that for for all of us or or anyone who's who's working in a profession or in an industry that's under a lot of pressure is you really have to go back to your own personal why why are you here Um, Why do you do what you do, despite how difficult or not difficult it might be? And what I would say to anybody in any organization who's contemplating this is to say, am I surrounded by people who um, want to move forward? am I surrounded by the right people and the right organization? And that's what you need to be doing right now and taking a look at that. So if you are and you found your why, I mean, you there's there's nowhere to go but forward and to go but up. Um, but sometimes when you take stock of those things, you decide, wow, like now's the time for me to take the next step in my career. Now's the time for me to take that risk and that chance to do something different. Um, I, I think that's where a lot of people are at in their careers right now and what they're thinking about. So um, and, and I think, you know, parting words and parting advice, you know, from the sales and, and marketing realm is um, be as proactive as possible, you know, moving from that reactive to proactive, um, you know, even your own mindset um, is is going to make a big difference. So I, I think that's that's what I would share, Adam.
1: No, oh, that's terrific. Uh, I'm inspired as well. I kind of, I think I'm asking that because maybe I needed to hear it, you know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you as always, Jennifer, you're, um, you're really uh, doing such interesting work. And I would uh, really urge our audience to check out, you know, your content and uh, whether you're in senior living or not, um, Jennifer's insights are are always inspiring. And I think even more importantly, they're, they're helpful. They're uh, easy to easy to do in the sense of at least taking that first step forward. The rest obviously is uh, a work in progress, but um, <laughs> congratulations uh, on what you're doing at JD Solutions Group and your growth. It's really terrific. Very happy for you.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for having me. And as always, it's a pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Canopy IQ podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get notified when new episodes release and learn more by visiting canopyadco.com.